Hey all, Josiah here. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to insert a note about the quality of the audio for the next few weeks. My current setup for recording is not exactly what I'd call ideal, as I am currently living in a one-bedroom apartment with hardwood floors that causes voices to echo. Not to mention the air noise that comes with the only available recording space, being next to the utility closet. However, I am hopeful that within the next couple of months, my wife and I will have moved into a better space, so that Devin and I can keep recording at the higher quality you're accustomed to. With all of that out of the way, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Dominion Cast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to be talking about episode one of the series Loki from Disney+. Plus. Um, this one came out a few days ago at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say it's pretty good. Like, I consider myself a moderate Marvel fan. Like, I, I watch all the movies. I get excited whenever the shows and the movies come out. Um, I don't read the comics or anything like that, but I do get pretty excited. Um, but I thought this episode was pretty good. I think it set it up, set the show up pretty well. What do you think? I agree. I think it was a very strong opening. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it was the strongest opening a Marvel show has had thus far on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I think it was because the first series they did was so convoluted and so like, <laughs> what is happening right now? And then the other one was just... I don't even know how to explain the opening of the other one. Like, it was... What do you expect? There, it, it was fine. It was it was alright. Like, it had to deal with more of the uh, immediate aftermath of... Not the immediate aftermath, but the aftermath of uh, Endgame. So that one was kind of like, he got refugees <laughs> in place of other people. Anyway. Yeah, the whole, the whole show was basically Avengers Endgame did the wrong thing. Look at all these problems. We're gonna, they should have. We're gonna fix none of them. They should have. And then the it. show ends. Yeah, basically that's the that's the message I got from that. Right. Which I feel like is why we're not gonna do a series on Captain yeah. America or what Falcon and the Winter Soldier is because moral of the story we can just close the books on it now. It's that they think the end game should not have happened. These people should have stayed dead. Right. Would have solved everyone's problems. Which I kind of agree because five years is a long time to grieve. Maybe if it was like five days. Yeah. That would have been another thing. But five five years was much too long. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a selfish decision. Which is why we're not talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. We're yeah. talking about Loki. We're talking about Loki. We're going to close the books on that. Probably never talk about it again. Correct. But uh, it picks off. It picks up right after... Well, picks up technically in 2012. <laughs> it picks up after Avengers. And it's weird because you see... I mean, in Endgame, you see Loki disappear after the Tesseract falls right at his feet. Right. Which... You cannot tell me that it's not fate. <laughs> you cannot tell me that the Time Variant Authority did not plan that, even though the whole point of the show is that they didn't plan for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, well, anyway, I'll bring that up later. <laughs> but, um, so it picks up right then and there, and Loki picks it up, somehow gets the handcuffs off, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes. uses the Tesseract, and he ends up in a desert. And In Mongolia. In Mongolia, yeah. And there he briefly talks with the locals, and then all of a sudden he's taken to the Time Variant Authority, which is where the rest of the episode is happens. Yes. And for me, I felt like it was a little rushed, personally. Is it just seemed mm-hmm. like the beginning, we had, we had already seen it before. We already knew, we basically that was a play-by-play of what happened in Endgame. Correct. It was the same scene. Yeah. And it just picked up as soon as he hits, as soon as he escapes... That's whenever the new footage happens, when it starts. Hmm. But you don't really see Loki do much of anything. Like, he escapes, he lays there, he gets up, 
Sunbury does already comes over, knocks him out, and, or they, they take him and they capture him and they go back to their Sunbury authority wherever they are in the in the in space or something. And it just seemed like it was really rushed. Like, we didn't really know what was happening. We didn't know. I mean, again, like, we're introducing a whole new organization. But still, it was like, I don't know. I can't really explain why, but it just <laughs> felt a little rushed. But See, I thought the pacing was pretty good. I don't know. I know that it was fast, but I don't know what they would have filled that time with. Maybe if he did something that would... Well, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like his infraction didn't really justify his treatment. Because, like, he yeah. didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But like, I think A, it... he didn't time travel. B, he just used the Tesseract like he did every other time. Mm-hmm. And then C, he gets to the judge. The judge basically tells him, yeah, the Avengers are fine. They were supposed to time travel and mess everything up. But you weren't supposed to interact with them as they time traveled. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're punishing you. Mm-hmm. Which is peculiar to say the least yeah it doesn't really seem justified i mean if they had captured him and and like hinted at you were going to do something right if we did not you know which again that goes back to the um there's that movie i can't remember with tom cruise where it's like they arrest people before Mm. they do the crime and it's like why didn't they do that with every other thing if they know that something's going to happen like there wouldn't be variants at all if you just stopped it from happening in the first place but it just didn't seem like, like, why are you capturing him now without telling us why, really? It's just because he's, there's a second Loki? Mm-hmm. But, well, actually, anyway, that's, <laughs> that's later. But, basically, like, the aesthetic of the, of the Time Variant Authority is, like, really, like, you said it was, like, the 70s mixed with something else. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what that something else would be, though. Because all the technology in the office space just reeks of, like, that 70s or 80s aesthetic. I think it's the Jetsons. The Jetsons? I think it's... 70s I think it's, plus the Jetsons. It's the Jetsons, yeah, which it, it kind of... Theirs was kind of like that modern, postmodern 1970s look. Mm-hmm. But except for this was a lot of red. <laughs> it was like... Yes. It was like, imagine the Jetsons, but a lot of red. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Time Variant Authority was. Um, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah. Like... I don't know why they did that. Maybe to make it look more bureaucratic? For sure. Or... Yeah, the great fear that above us is nothing but endless bureaucracy. Yeah, like, yeah. he looks outside <laughs> and it's just offices. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm like, no. No. That's bureaucracy. Is it, yeah, that is... This is how democracy dies. <laughs> With bureaucracy. Not, right. not thunderous applause. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like... I don't know, Owen Wilson seems like the type of guy who... He, I looked at him, I'm like, this is the stereotypical 1960s dad. You know, he goes to work, has a two-car garage, or maybe a two-spaceship right. garage or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, maybe that's supposed to be the aesthetic. Like, he came across as somebody from the 1970s. Yeah. Like, a character like that. Um, yeah, I think the aesthetic was pretty much perfect. Yeah. I mean, the robots, the waiting room, the TV shows, even the propaganda posters hanging pretty much everywhere which mm-hmm. i think is a little weird um they all contributed very much to the aesthetic yeah. it was one of the most original pieces of world building i think marvel's shown us thus far because normally their world building is pretty bad you know it's yeah. like we have asgard it's a floating city does it have land on it how do they get food what does life look like and they just answer absolutely none of it and then in 
Ragnarok, you show them running through a forest. Right. It's like, where's the forest? <laughs> is this is Asgard an endless plain? Where's that temple that they all ran into? Like, where? Right. Yeah, it's like it yeah. looks just like a giant golden city, and there's nothing else, not much else to it. Right. Besides Rainbow Road, right over there to the <laughs> to the observatory. <laughs> I mean, I think that the the world building of Sakaar in Ragnarok was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was a neat place, and I think I think that the Time Variant Authority supersedes that. But yeah. it's nice that the Thor world building specifically has been consistently improving. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. But basically, the whole episode centers around Loki coming to terms with the fact that he basically no longer exists. Or at the very least, right. he should not exist. So, I mean, he's still... He, it's, it's funny how old Wilson's character was like, what is it, Mobius and Mobius? Is that yes, his name? yeah. Um, he just keeps pestering him like, what does mischief mean? Like, <laughs> like, you want mischief, but you don't want to hurt people? Like, you hurt people... Because it's mischievous, but I don't see that being mischievous at all. So he's kind of hitting him right where it hurts at, like, he's the god of mischief. I mean, yeah. if you tried to go at Thor with, you know, saying, what do you mean by thunder? <laughs> He'll show you. He'll show Real fast. You want me to put the thunder down? <laughs> but, and so he just kind of, little by little, just pricks and po- pokes at, like, mm-hmm. his, his pride, basically. Yeah, and they have a very good dynamic. I feel like they got an actor that can match Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Owen Wilson. I haven't seen much of Owen Wilson before. Mm. I've seen Cars, and that might be it. What? What else, what else is Owen Wilson in besides Marley and Me? Um, he's in Night at the Museum a whole bunch. Oh, yes, yes. I have seen that. I've seen all three of those. I completely forgot about that. He's in Zoolander. He's in um, Wander. Skartsy and like Hutch, whatever it's. Zardsky? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I haven't I seen that. I feel like he was just in something I'm forgetting. The Loki trailer? <laughs> I can't remember. We're going to move on. Yeah, I they, don't they know. have a great dynamic. Yeah, it, He's yeah. a good actor. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen him in such a major role before. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Night at the Museum, he, you know, he was a pretty good character in that. Right. But, in Cars, I don't think that counts. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't showcase Owen Wilson's character acting who was he in cars he was lightning mcqueen really yeah i had never realized that. you were making me you know what we're gonna look this up right now it makes sense because now, because I never once it's you're making me question every i looked up cars and cars didn't even show up that's, that's astounding <laughs> yeah almost okay cool man I was. <laughs> That's something that makes sense once it's pointed out to me, but I would never have connected that on my own. Yeah, it's hmm. it's Larry the Cable Guy and yes. Owen Wilson. That makes sense. I can yeah. hear it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but it, that that doesn't really count to me. Like he he's no, not he's not showing off his his talent that much. You know, just his dry like almost innocent type mm-hmm. of questioning where he's like almost admiring Loki, but really trying to understand. What he's uh, what he has to say and what his motivation is. Yeah, and I thought that um, Mobius's in- introduction was was pretty good. Him in that cathedral. Oh yeah. Examining like the the murder scene basically. Yeah, because it sets up that this isn't just about Loki. Right. Like this isn't. Well. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. Just just <laughs> getting it. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but this isn't <laughs> about our main character. Yes. 
just put it that nicely. Foot. This nice isn't. This foot. isn't about our protagonist. This isn't just about him. This is about something bigger than him. So they spend the first episode realizing you are not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Your other person may be the center of the universe, and you may <laughs> think it's the center of the universe, but you definitely are not, because you no longer exist, and you should not exist. And so, I mean, besides that, like him, you know, almost since Mobius, I should. I'm just gonna call him Mobius, but. Mm-hmm. He tries to show Loki that he was destined to lose. Right. All you do is lose. I don't see anything mischievous about losing all the time. <laughs> and even the judge says, he's, she's just like, you were not meant, I, don't, I think she said this, I don't think of Mobius did. Mm-hmm. You were not, you were meant to not have a good life so that other people could live the best version of themselves. You were not meant to, she basically just Which cuts him out of the knees. Rough. Yeah. She's like, not only do you not exist, if you were to continue exist, to exist, you would have a horrible life. Because it's, in order for them to have a good life and save the universe, you have to have a bad one. Right. A sad ending. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, of course, he's, he doesn't believe it. He's, he's like, I'm the god of mischief. Like, I have to be the center of the universe because he's been, you know, working with Thanos. Like, and Thanos right. is Thanos. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, they, they're... Session gets cut short because they, you know, Mobius has to go look for, uh, go look at another crime scene from this murderer who seems to be going across time killing people, mm-hmm. and that's whenever Loki. I think that's whenever Loki escapes, and he starts teleporting around and stuff because yes, yeah, he's, he stole um, Mobius's little right. thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. Did they hug or something? What did he do? Uh, you can see him pick his pocket in the background of one scene. Oh, I think. Was that whenever he helped him up? I don't know, honestly. I think it was. I don't know the exact moment. He lunges at Mobius, and then he presses the button, mm-hmm. puts it back in his pocket, and he helps him up, and then I think he sticks it up there. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. He gets the... Right. There's like this thing wrapped around his neck that he can that Mobius can control in case he gets out of you know, out of control and angry. He can just push the button and teleport him back. Mm-hmm. But that's whenever he starts you know, teleporting everywhere. Right. And he meets the receptionist that he ran into earlier he's like delivering mail or something which again it's so weird that they harp on this bureaucracy yeah like the sheer amount of yeah bureaucracy that is happening in this place whenever they all it's they're in charge of time like do they really need to have a mail deliver a person like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me but it's all purposeful like there's a reason why they have it set up like this Mm -hmm. but anyway and so he walks around and all of a sudden he finds the tesseract yeah. And, of course, it doesn't work or anything, but he finds it, and he looks in there, and there's infinity stones there. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, I feel like that's, we talked about it, it's a little bit controversial, I think. Yeah. The way that they did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but. Well, I know I understand the idea that the infinity stones only work in their respective timelines. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. It's not like he's going to be running around with 40 power stones. But which explains why you didn't take them. Right. I still feel like it's a cheap move. To me, it feels very much like, oh, we need to up the stakes, but we can't really up the stakes any more than we already have. So what we're going to do is degrade our previous stakes. Mm-hmm. So instead of coming up with something better than the Infinity Stones, something more dangerous than Thanos, what they just do is they say, oh, the Infinity Stones, those, those aren't that big of a deal. This time, this time it's serious. Mm-hmm. And then they come up with a threat that's lower than the Infinity Stones used to be. 
but they did so by just cutting the knees out from under the infinity line. Right, it's, a, it, it's like, imagine the food chain, and instead of making somebody who is, like, bigger, who's, who would eat, like, let's say you have the shark, mm-hmm. you don't make something that's better than the shark, you make something that's just under the shark, and you just remove the shark completely, and now right. they're the top of the food chain. Yeah, you just, you just <laughs> throw the shark onto dry land, and then you're like, this rabbit, this is at the top of the food chain now. Right. Trust us. Take, it take swims, this seriously. Yeah, yeah but trust us. Right. I think if they're going to make it work, they're going to have to remove, like, they're going to have to really harp on the fact that the Infinity Stones only work in their timeline, like you said. Right. And they're going to have to remove themselves so that Loki's struggle is bigger than Thanos, mm-hmm. but everyone else's struggle is different. Right. And his struggle was way off here because it cannot affect those or else then all of a sudden their little petty squabbles, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. even WandaVision doesn't look like it matters because yeah. the Infinity Stones are still out there. And I think that the... Um, I, li- I like what they did with Loki. I definitely think they're going for more personal stakes. But I do have to worry about the Infinity Stones because it's a, it's a warning sign that they could just be going for, oh, let's just up the stakes extravagance. Mm-hmm. Like, not let's go for more intimate stakes, but let's just take it up a notch make it bigger and more destructive yeah so it could it could still pivot back towards a more intimate struggle but the way it's going now there are warning signs that it could just turn into a bigger equals better mentality yeah and and because the tva is capable of some pretty incredible time bending yeah more so than the time stone ever showed yeah, I so mean, there is yeah. the risk that they're just going to keep increasing characters' power until the Infinity Stones are the equivalent of paperweights. Right. So you degrade your older stakes while consistently increasing everyone else's power. Gradually. Gradually, yes. Which, it's not just a massive pivot, because I felt like this was inevitable. If only because, yeah. you know, Thanos with the Infinity Stones is the central conflict of the Marvel Universe. Yes. So, if he's gone, and the Infinity Stones have been, you know, dealt with, or at least if that happens again, they know how to deal with it, mm-hmm. then, you know, where do you go? Like, you have to somehow either have something that's like, yeah, you know Thanos? Yeah, he's, there's something bigger. Kind of like Loki. It's like, you know Loki? Yeah, Thanos is really the one running, running the show. Right. That showed a little bit later. So, I felt like it was inevitable. Like, it was going to have to happen at some point. But, again, it can work if you do it gradually. That's mm-hmm. how books do it. That's how, you know, all these different movie series, yeah. they take the, I mean, you could say Star Wars, but they up the stakes by just using the same villain <laughs> at different points with just a little bit more power with a bigger fleet. Right. But even still, even there, they up the stakes by making the previous ones look puny. Yeah, and I feel like the, the Rise of Skywalker suffers from the same problem Loki risks. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, well, everybody gets a Death Star cannon. And the old Death Star cannons, those, those were nothing. No. It's like, well, yes and no. Yeah. And then somehow I care about them less when there's more of them. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. But I don't know. I, I definitely liked um, Loki's character a lot in in this episode specifically. I was worried because this is a Loki divorced from all of his previous character development. Like, he hasn't experienced the Dark World or Ragnarok or Infinity War. It's just Loki from the Avengers, who's experienced basically no character development. 
So I very much liked the scenes where he had to sit down and watch what his life would have been. Mm -hmm. I found that was a good way to kind of get the best of both worlds, to incorporate his older character development without forcing him to live through it directly. Yeah. It really condensed all of his character development, like... And it, 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 did, it didn't feel rushed. Like, I could feel, mm-hmm. I could see how they were like, okay, we're going to show him his character development that happened over years, and now he's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's Loki in Infinity War, that all he had to do was watch a 45-minute video. <laughs> yeah. It, a tutorial, it, it was well. It was effective, though. It like, was. They did it well. Like, yeah, it wasn't that long. Right. But. Which, speaking of which, yeah, he well sits done. in front, he sits in front of a projector with Mobius and they go through his entire life Mm -hmm. and they get to a certain point they get to the death of his mother and I completely forgot in the dark world that he (laughs) is actually the one who who tells them go up there right and I completely forgot about that which makes the dark world just a little bit can't really blame you right the movie wasn't the most memorable right but that's probably (laughs) I would say maybe the best part of the movie yeah as far as long term it makes Loki feel remorse mm-hmm. probably for the first time that we've seen that he basically let the death of his mother happen yeah that well, he, he caused it yeah to yeah he caused it yeah and so but then after he escapes and walks around and finds the infinity stones and everything and once he sees the infinity stones he realizes these guys are like the real deal like they actually are outside of time and they're manipulating things mm-hmm. yeah and that's when he kind of pivots right after he sees all the infinity stones you know he goes back and sees the rest of his life and then those two coupled together makes him have a change of heart, so to speak. Right. And we should probably mention the three, I don't remember what they call them, but the, the time lords, the, the three, three, three timekeepers? Timekeepers, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I would like to say, just beforehand, we're not, we're not talking about the comics. So for people that say that the middle one is Kang the Conqueror, you can say that. We're not talking about it. And now, unless they say that in the show. If they say it in the show, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. it. But we've all seen what happens when people point at the shows and say, oh, this is definitely that character from the comics, and then it doesn't happen. And then you're mad because they didn't promise that that was the person from the comics, but you said it was, so now you're ticked off. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, three timekeepers. We don't know who they are. Yeah. They could be anyone. And if they do say it, great, you were right. Awesome. Yes. But we don't read the comics. (laughs) At least I don't. I've never... They're just so inaccessible. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Read 80 years of books? <laughs> I'm certainly not going nope, to. Nope, I don't have time for that just for this one show. Mm-hmm. The only one so far that's been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't, one out of three is not a good success rate for me to go back and read all the comic books. Correct. But. I'm sure they're great. A lot of them are good. Um, mm-hmm. But the point stands. We're not, we're not using the comics right. to theorize too much about this. Right, and so, I mean, those three timekeepers do exist. Right now, they're not the threat. Right. Like, they're not... They're well, Right now, they're right, the ultimate good guys. They're the good guys at this point. It's Who've organized the, the multiverse into this endless bureaucracy. Yeah, which to me seems like a corrupt corporation from Fallout or something like that, ready <laughs> well, to crumble. Also the also um, the concerning line where Casey, the Infinity Stones desk guy, mm-hmm. he says that he doesn't know what a fish is. Yeah. Because he's been behind a desk his entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, do they just keep their employees working all the time? Like, I don't know. That seems like a red flag to me. Yeah. And I could see them definitely going the route of, oh, well, the TVA is evil. 
And that's what Mobius I'm... is the surprise villain. Really? I could see Mobius. Them, I could see them going that route. Do you think he'd be Kang the Conqueror then? Sorry. So we just we literally <laughs> just I'm sorry. I I just I just we were on the topic. That would be the biggest reveal and fan service that they could possibly because, do. It's not an it's not an awful theory to speculate that maybe he is a member of the timekeepers. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. We, we'll it just, would, we'll keep it it would explain why people respect him so much. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't explain why that one lady keeps getting in his way. Right. Unless she just doesn't know. Like, unless people just don't know. I could just see him being a TVA agent who turns into a bad guy because Loki is no longer useful. I could very much see it turning into a story where Loki finds the other Loki, and then he goes, you know, oh, you're not the bad guy, the TVA is the real bad guy. And then the two Lokis fight the TVA. I could easily see the, the show pivoting in that direction. Hmm. It would kind of cheapen Loki's character arc, because I anticipate it being that he has to face his own demons by facing himself. But I would be surprised if the endless bureaucracy with unlimited power turns out to be entirely uncorrupted. Yeah, no, there's, there's no way they get out of this all innocent. Right. So the, the big thing that really convinces Loki that, I mean, you know, he's already basically on the edge. Like, I would say he's almost, you could say he's over the edge at this point. But he watches his own death. And he sees Thanos, and like it catches his eye because he goes through. And he's just kind of surfing through. He's just confused. He doesn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. And then he sees Thanos, and he's like, "Hold on a second, this is this is weird." Mm-hmm. And he goes, but before that, he goes through Ragnarok and stuff, and he sees him talking yeah. to his brother, and he sees that their relationship is mended. Uh-huh. And then he sees, you know, hit him die, like his neck gets snapped. Mm-hmm. And then he sees, I think he sees Thor, like feel like actual remorse, like crying over his body. Yes. He yeah. yeah, and then it just... And then it just ends. Yeah, it just pops up like end of file. Yeah, like... <laughs> like That's very cold. Yeah. It just... <laughs> the, you see the film just run out. Mm-hmm. And it's like... That's... Because that basically... Unless the TVA really does turn out to be a bunch of bullcrap. <laughs> um, that basically, you know, kills any theories that Loki somehow survived. Mm-hmm. That Loki somehow survived. Like, I don't think anyone really believes that anymore. Right. But yeah. I think for a long time, people were like, there's some way. There's some way he got out of it. Like, maybe right before that happened, maybe the deviant, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, we should say the ending first before I say that. But right. So that's whenever he realizes that this is the real deal, and that's whenever he becomes compliant with Mobius' demands. Yes. So, and then you can say how the, how the episode ends if you want. Well, the episode ends with the reveal that the deviant murderer that the TVA is hunting is another version of Loki. Mm-hmm. And that Mobius wants Loki's help in catching this other Loki. And it cuts to like this oil field in what, what year was it? Eighteen. Uh, eighteen fifty-eight. Yeah, it cuts to this no oil idea. field. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. You I'm get gonna, the idea. I'm gonna be so happy if I oil right, fields but... in the eighteen hundreds. I don't think the specifics matter too much. Nope, but um, I care. But yeah, some some TVA agents go there. They discover this cloaked figure who drops a lantern in the oil field. And just burns the TVA agents alive. And that is the, um, presumably, Loki. Evil Loki. As opposed to normal Loki. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's basically where he's like, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that another version of me? So I think that, where did, what, at what point did the Loki become deviant? Right. 
So I'm thinking maybe it's the Loki before, like right before Thanos kills it. No. No? No. He would, it wouldn't be a Loki from before the first Loki. I think it'd be a second Loki who is smarter than the first one. Well, it would have to be smarter, but it would also have to be more bent towards evil, presumably. Mm. Like, it would have to be a Loki that's also divorced from all the character development. A Loki without some life-changing incident. That, that, I feel like that'd be the only way to explain his evil. Because, I mean, say what you will about normal Loki, but normal Loki didn't burn people alive and watch. Like, yeah, he invaded New York. But he didn't just set people on fire and just kind of stand over them. I feel like that's a bit much. Yeah, I... I don't know. Because they're gonna, they're gonna call back to another scene in the, in the cinematic universe. Like, they're gonna right. do another endgame. Because that cannot be the only... Yeah. The only time that they call back to something like that. Mm-hmm. It has to be another scene where he had a chance to do one thing and he did another. Agreed. But I can't think of another. I, I mean, it's there's like 25 different movies you'd have to go back through mentally. And, yeah. But I think it has to be after Avengers. Um, maybe he won. Maybe that's maybe he was. won. Maybe in Avengers where he won. Right, but he would have to make he would have or to be the one. Or a version of Avengers where like the nuke went off, where Iron Man didn't get the nuke through. Because there's all the shots in the trailer of that destroyed, decimated New York. Right. So he kills. Iron Man? He could because kill the Loki would ha- like Loki would have to be the one who does the deviant thing, or else he oh, would yeah, not be the deviant. Right. So that means that he he could kill Tony. He could mm-hmm. do something to where it completely changes the timeline. They're like, you were not supposed to do that. And the more I think about it, the yeah. more I think the TVA is bad. Because what gives them the sense. right to say that you did like one person makes one decision? They're like, you were not supposed to do that for our plan. Yeah. Like what do you what do you mean? I he's done a whole bunch of other horrible things. Those horrible things are fine, but this one thing isn't fine. Yeah, he's allowed to murder a whole bunch of people, but he's huh. not allowed to pick up a stone once, a paperweight once, mind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, and then just go to the desert. That way he could, you know, avoid being in prison and Asgardian prison. And they were life. definitely close to killing him. I mean, if mm-hmm. Mobius hadn't stepped in, they probably would have just obliterated him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a I feel like that's a harsh penalty for a guy who picked up a paperweight. He just picked it up and teleported. That's right. all he did. But, yeah, that's... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what... Like, maybe there's somebody else who's a variant, or a deviant, yeah. that comes that comes in. And they're like, he did something even less than what Loki did, and they kill him. Right. Someone Loki knows. Or well, something. they killed that guy who stepped into the line without a ticket. Oh, yeah, they already did that. You're just like, oh, I didn't grab a ticket. And you're like, well, you're dead. Yeah, that was interesting because that seemed like something that was set up for something more. Maybe I was just looking too far into it, but he was there whenever Loki walked in the door. I thought it would be someone that Loki would talk to. Somebody mm, that Loki yeah. would, like, like, I don't know, like, because you have Mobius, but that's a different relationship than somebody who's in the same prison. Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't have any other interactions with fellow prisoners. He really mm-hmm. doesn't. He just has negative... Conver- people like interactions with guards and he has Casey right. but like that those are completely different relationships with somebody because as a which is interesting because there's that massive room where they wait in line right nobody's in there mm-hmm. so you're telling me that this massive bureaucracy is created okay and either they're so efficient 
that they process people so quickly, which which does not lead to me for me to believe that they're accurate, that they do their due diligence. Well, or, they, they did have Loki sign the document saying that that was everything he'd ever said. Well, right. So they have to do some due diligence. Well, yeah, but Pretty as far thorough. as as far as that one situation, I'm like, okay, well, you picked up the paperweight, you basically created your own timeline. I mean, I get the cutthroat nature yeah. of it. Like, you you can't have this person go back mm-hmm. because he's literally a completely different person now. Yes. But or they just are so good at their jobs that nobody's deviant. Yeah, there just are no variants. But then why on? Well, I know that yeah. in order to rule over time you have to have a massive bureaucracy but you're telling me that all these resources are led are just for one or two people right that come across every month every year every billion years yeah like, so that's a good point across all time there's like two variants right. in that room who was that other guy because i don't think he time traveled i don't know if he so is this about mm. manipulating time or is this about making one wrong decision i think it's a bit of both um because if you time travel, obviously, you're, you're in the wrong. Right. Unless you're the Avengers for some reason. <laughs> but, right. I mean, if Loki just made the wrong decision around people that time traveled. So he wasn't the one who instigated the branch. He just took the branch. And that was apparently enough. Right. But what, what, what about the other guy? Like, the other guy... I don't what, know. Did he time travel? We don't know. Hmm. How would he have? Right. Where did he come from? Did he just make one wrong decision in his life and they were like, nope, you shouldn't have done that. You really messed up the timeline. Here you die. (laughs) Right. But if so, that means that anybody who makes one wrong decision gets processed through that same place. So I think it's just with time travel. Or else that room would be packed. (laughs) Well, they do control time. So I imagine they can cut through the line pretty quickly. So then how come Loki was able to manipulate time? Like, I don't understand how... One instinct, mm-hmm. like one choice that he made. Yeah. Even with time, but he, but his his well, consequences I mean, were on Earth. Yes, the TVA not... monitors deviance and variance, but the TVA controls time, so they can prevent rooms from becoming overcrowded. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like he didn't even tra- time travel. Right. He just, I mean, I guess well, he, he just he just took the branching path. I guess he did kind of time travel because teleportation is a type of time travel. I guess because you're instantaneously... I think it was more interacting with the Avengers who time-traveled, though. But how... Because otherwise, every teleporting character would just get dragged to the TVA. Well, not unless they were supposed to do it. So what I'm saying is is that, one, he's interacting with the Avengers. That's not his fault. Mm -hmm. They showed up, and all he did was pick up the Tesseract that they dropped. He picked it up, and they knew that his motivation was still bad at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but he made a, a decision within his timeline. He did not go outside of his timeline. He didn't yeah. go outside of, of his world. Which means that I think that the TVA is more concerned with individual decisions that people make. Which means that that room should be a lot more full. Mm-hmm. Or else, why, why would they make it like that? It's, it's made to show that it's empty. They wouldn't have made the set that big. Yeah, that's fair. It's empty, but why is it empty? Is Loki the, the focus of this? Do they need only Loki? Are they manipulating things just to manipulate him into doing something that they want him to do? Because it's not like he time-traveled. It's not like he's unique in the fact that he time-traveled. Right. He's, he just did something that they didn't want him to do, mm-hmm. which could be anybody. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. It'll be interesting to see them elaborate on the uh, qualifications yeah. as the show goes on. Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to figure out the whole series, <laughs> but it's just there. There should be a lot more people because there's nothing about his specific circumstance that screams to me that it's unique. Besides the fact they use an Infinity Stone, right? It's not even the Time Stone. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, that. Do you have anything else you want to say about Episode One of Loki? I have two smaller theories. Okay. Well, one smaller theory, one more major theory. So the, this other Loki, the variant Loki, he hands out this kablooey gum. Mm. Like, he, hand, he handed it out to the kid, and then Mobius takes some from the kid and takes it back with him. I'm like, that's definitely a bomb, right? A bomb? Kablooey. <laughs> it's a bomb. Like, huh, it's a bomb. He gave it to the kids so Mobius would take it. And, like, that's the kind of thing maybe that this Loki would do. Maybe this isn't particularly malicious trickster Loki. It looked it looked, ni- it looked like it had the 1970s type of mm-hmm. logo on it. And I get it. Like, it made the kid's tongue blue. So it's a blue pun. But yeah. kablooey. But he's not the... Well, I guess he is the god of mystery. Mischief. If it, if it was this the Joker, Loki yeah. could define mischief as screwing people over. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that that is an interesting thing because I didn't notice that. But how would it be activated? I don't know. Because but the, I could I could see shoot. it being this thing where Loki uses it as his calling card. The TVA stocks up a bunch of it at their bureaucracy, mm-hmm. and then Loki ignites all of it. Then waltzes in, yeah, in the chaos. Huh. I guess that that would be a good callback. That would be a good mm-hmm. way to tie back something that happened in the first episode. Yeah. Um. Maybe anyone who chews it becomes a bomb or a tool or something. I don't know. Like they go back and that kid blew up. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Maybe the point is to get like TVA people to take it. Hmm. Maybe it functions as like more of a drug of some sort. I don't know. Maybe. It's just it's a yeah. weird name. And they lingered on it for a really long time. Right. Or at least it's significant to the Loki from that timeline. Yeah. At the very least. Uh, it could just be a Tesseract pun. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes the color blue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's a frost giant, so he has that going for him. True. Still, I feel like there's more to it. Yeah. The name is the name is a bit of a... It's either a red herring or a sign. Yeah. The other one's a bit more bold, so... The clip with the other Loki, the evil Loki, shows him cloaked. Okay. You don't yeah. see any f- figure, any, like any traits, any attributes. You don't even see like his hand, really. You just see a cloaked figure. Which is weird, considering we've seen Loki, we know what he looks like. And they've told us. And they've told us, hey, this is Loki. And recently, for some bizarre reason... They went out of their way to say that Loki is gender fluid, which seems like a weird thing to just throw out there. Huh. I think that the what they're getting at is that the cloaked Loki isn't Loki as we know him, but it, you know it's like an alternate timeline, an alternate dimension, so it's a different version of Loki. So hypothetically, there's nothing about this version of Loki that stipulates that it has to be a guy. 
So my theory is that this Loki that they're chasing is female. And that's how Marvel can technically say that. Hmm. And that's why the figure's cloaked. To hide the reveal. To hide the, yeah. That way they don't have to deal with all the expensive CGI of making Tom Hiddleston fight himself. They can get a female character in the show. They mm-hmm. can have a big reveal. And they can say, technically, he's gender fluid. And technically, this is Loki. So they walk that awkward tightrope of trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. Huh. Which seems like the kind of thing that Disney would do. Yeah. Just like, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to make everybody happy. Yeah, so this is a win, 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 win. Exactly. Yeah. But it also makes sense as a reveal. It makes sense why the Loki was cloaked. It makes sense from a financial and special effects perspective. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the most logical decision all around. Because I can't think of another reason why that Loki would be cloaked. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Because I, did, I was wondering, like, why is he... Why is his face covered? Mm-hmm. We know it's Loki. It would have been sick to see Loki walk out there right. burning people alive. Exactly. You don't hide that <laughs> no. just for no reason. Yeah. You have to hide Loki if there's something about Loki which is off. Like, oh, this is a completely different version of Loki. So we barely recognize it as Loki. It's a different gender. It's more malicious. It has maybe a different history. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, this is Loki technically yeah but it's also different enough hmm. to where we're like this is a different character but it's similar enough where loki still has to face his own demons as he fights her that would make the most sense to me yeah of course the next episode could come out and it could just be some hideously scarred version of loki yeah yeah it could be huh still i see a lot of evidence stacked in its favor I didn't know that they had announced that. That does just, open up. It was up. a weird announcement. And everyone's kind of like, well, okay. Where did this come from? Like, like what's the point? Yeah. This, that, I don't understand. Is, yeah, like, where's, what's the point here? Yeah. And the, the idea is that it was listed on his um, TVA, like, registration thing. It was, that he's gender fluid? Right. It was, like, information about him. Oh. The idea is that the TVA could be aware of it, painfully aware that, like, hey, some dimensional versions of him are female, just because of the way that timeline shook out mm-hmm. and how radically different things are. And the TVA would be painfully aware of it if a female version of Loki was traipsing around murdering people. Yeah. Huh. So that would be a neat entryway into, like, the multiverse more to see, like, oh, this is how radically different things can be in other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Right, because right at this point they've just been creating other dimensions. Right, they haven't this, shown this would be the first ones. instance of like a character. Yeah, where we're like, okay, that's how different other dimensions can be. It would set a precedent, and then you know you have that before going into Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. So you have the concept introduced. Right. When does that come out? I don't know. I think maybe next year. Okay. That sounds right to me. Huh. So give lay the groundwork. Right. A multiverse. Yes. A multiverse with characters that are close enough. We can recognize them as our own, but we still recognize, like, oh, that's a different person. Right. Okay. Well, oh, there's one more thing in that episode. That Loki is D.B. Cooper. (laughs) 
I think that's his name. It's either E.B. Cooper or D.B. Cooper. I can't remember. D.B. Cooper, yeah. D.B. Cooper. Yeah, as soon as, like, she said Mr. Cooper, I was like, hold on. <laughs> he, this looks like from the same time period, and he did it on a dare? Right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean he did it on a dare? <laughs> For what reason? Uh, but then Owen Wilson is funniest part is that this right. guy who's seen all the timelines is like, I can't believe you were D.B. Cooper. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, guess he, right. I guess he wouldn't have seen his specific timeline, but man. It was, it was a weird choice. I didn't understand it. No, especially whenever it, it acts like him and Thor are on good terms. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess they kind of were. They were. were they, they were on semi-decent terms. It also kind of showcases Thor's former immaturity. Yeah, because he would he would be the the type to just be like, hey, you lost the stare. You lost the stare. Go pretend you have a bomb on this plane and steal a bunch of money for no reason. Yeah. Oh, he lost, did he lose a bet? Is that what it was? Yes. He lost a bet. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was that was an interesting. <laughs> that was something to where like because again, I'm not I'm a Marvel fan, but I don't know too much. Mm-hmm. I'm like I do know history, <laughs> so I can I can relate with that. Yeah, but I mean that was that was pretty good. I like that creative choice, even if it's kind of like I'm I'm not gonna think about it too much, <laughs> but I am gonna think about it for a couple right. seconds. Yeah, it's never gonna come up again. No, unfortunately. No, but it was it was pretty funny. But yeah, that's the first episode of Loki. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing probably every episode, I would think, unless oh, there's probably. some dull ones we may mix them together or something. I don't know. But we're going to try to stay on top of it as much as possible as they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, we started a Facebook group. Um, it's just going to be for like a catch-all thing for the for the podcast. There's going to be topics you want us to discuss. Um, any article ideas you have. Or just for us to you know, disperse any information that we get as, and get send it your way. That way you guys can stay informed. Um, and we're also uh, toying around with the idea of starting a Patreon or starting ads just to keep this um, funded, that way we can do bigger things and spend more time on it if we if it you know it ends up being that big. Um, so just let us know if you'd rather us do ads because that would cost you know time or you have to listen through an ad during the middle of the podcast it didn't cost you anything. Patreon, um, you'd have to pay some money, but we wouldn't have to do ads possibly. So just let us know what you want us to do, um, what you would prefer. Um, but yeah, until next time, have a good life. Farewell. Farewell. It turns out I was right. It was 1858. Suck it, Devin. <laughs>